0: Hello and welcome to the Secure Chat Podcast, presented by Archon. This is a whole new security podcast geared towards you, our trusted clients. Each episode, our security experts will explore pressing security news, from the latest malware threat to user errors and top risk management solutions. Tune in each month to learn more about data breaches, what they mean for your business, and how you can optimize your security strategy. I Hey everyone, welcome back to the first episode of this or of the month of April of the Secure Chat Podcast. Uh, this month, we're going to start out by talking about just kind of a high level overview of the healthcare industry and how IT plays or IT and security plays a massive role in that. Today, I'm joined by Derek. Derek, how are you doing? Great, great. Thanks for having me
1: back yet again. Sorry I uh, wasn't replaced by Daisy, but uh, stay tuned.
0: Yeah, this, stay tuned. This
1: podcast is about to get pretty legitimate yeah. with her uh, presence, so.
0: Yeah, the second we bring Daisy on, everything's gonna change, huh? I'm probably, that would stage last. <laughs> yeah, you know? your days are numbered, so, <laughs> so enjoy this while you have it, because Daisy's gonna come take <laughs> and you. crush it. <laughs> but, so today's gonna be all about just the healthcare industry and the role that IT plays in that healthcare industry, and basically, like, why is it important? So, Derek, do you know just... Why is it important to secure the healthcare industry?
1: Well, I think really it comes down to what you're securing and, and given, you know, just stuff in the recent news and more, more recently at Archon, we, we had a special guest coming from Checkpoint and uh, uh, Tony from Checkpoint flat out said, he goes, patient healthcare information and records is more valuable on the, on the dark web today than credit card information. That was kind of a big that kind of struck me as being odd so it didn't you know didn't sit well with with my mind racing I'm like oh why is that and so I think today's podcast we're hopefully going to kind of go into a little bit more detail on that and why that is um because I would have thought credit cards is what everybody's going after but mm-hmm. Little, uh, little did we know. After some, you know, research with the help of our producer Danny, uh, we got to some some pretty good metrics here. So,
0: looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, so let's dive right into it. Of just why is healthcare information more important than credit card info? And I think it's just the amount that you're able to do with that information. So, if you have credit card information, you can go make faulty purchases. You can, you know, run up a credit card bill pretty quickly. But what you're able to do with it uh, quickly changes. Because people can cancel their card. And if yeah. they cancel their card, there's only, you know, limit you have a small gap. It's a linear vector attack
1: versus what causes, or what do you need to open up a new credit card? Well, basically, a lot of the stuff that sits in PHI, um, you can open up credit cards all day long. So if you get blocked on the credit card, like you said, uh, just rotate to the next credit card company. Uh, and maybe even you have the whole family's <laughs> insurance, uh, social security numbers. Uh, address. There's a lot of information. And, and that's where it starts to then kind of uh, develop into a larger problem for people when they get
0: compromised. For sure. And, and with this information, it, it it reaches just many aspects of life. Like you're able to commit kind of tax fraud. You're able to um, even get like faulty home loans. You can open up a credit cards, So you're just able... There's a lot more you can do with someone's social security number than you can with just their credit card number, you know? For sure, for
1: sure. And without kind of bearing the lead on episode two, which is going to be kind of the parlay of uh, the use cases and how, you know, we're going to apply that to, you know, stuff we see in the news. Um, Just for, I guess, general edification for people out there, like what, what are the standards today? Like you're, you're kind of in the trenches there on the other side of the glass. What do you guys have to follow to make sure that we're meeting not just HIPAA, but some other standards like, you know, we're ISO 27001 SOC two type two, all that stuff, high tech to a degree. We're getting audited all the time. You Mm -hmm. you see the requests. Um, What are we, what are we doing to lock, to lock those things down?
0: Yeah. So we do have standards within the industry that we have to follow to make sure that, that, our clients don't get breached and the, the, uh, the information stays secure. Um, with all of those standards, basically, they all kind of go down to, like, due diligence, making sure that, that you're doing your due diligence, making sure things are secure, and you're also doing things with, like, a zero-trust perspective. So, like, when it comes to um, HIPAA specifically, uh, you just want, like, there's proper safeguards that you need to have in place, Um, You need to have kind of like a zero trust approach. So making sure that um, you're doing things with minimum privileges, not giving someone too many uh, privileges, you're locking down the access of of what people can view. And then that's from an IT perspective. Like, doesn't that even go into who can access like doors within a company and things like that? Oh, quickly. Yeah. Um,
1: Past life data centers, they would come through and, you know, they want to know. Is there, you know, what are the what are the controls to get into a facility for one? Uh, how many cameras hit you between you and the actual rack or server in the rack that's holding that PA, you know, patient healthcare information? Um, Zero trust is pretty interesting too. Like, what? How much? There's all this information. How much do you actually need to accomplish your task? So, if I'm asking for your healthcare records, do I need all this information, or do I only need, you know, five percent of the list of a hundred items, maybe to to properly do. So that's that's actually something that I think people, without realizing it, tend to give out information pretty quickly. Once you have somebody with a lap code and a and a clipboard, I actually just recently went through that um, with uh, Walgreens uh, for the the whole vaccination sign up. They there was like all these pieces of paper. I'm like, I, I don't know any of this information. I don't really feel like I should have to give it all up to a third party. At which point I didn't, because the only one that mattered was the CDC's thing on the front. For Um, sure. But it's one of those cases, like, people really will just give out information if they feel like that's what's, you know, they're just kind of comply a little bit.
0: Exactly. And that is actually then the, like, the fourth standard for HIPAA is when it comes to, like, third parties, making sure that they have proper things in place when it comes to, you know, IT infrastructure, you know, simple things like the doors, because we're having so much confidential information go through the healthcare system that you need to make sure that you have every aspect of IT locked down because if you do see a breach like the the business cost that's going to be associated with the breach will be massive but then there's also going to be uh like HIPAA violations that come up where you'll have to pay you know a fine outside of that too
1: i think one of the things people overlook sometimes is not just the bad publicity that comes along with being breached, you don't want your you know your brand kind of muddied out there in the in the press. But at the same time, HIPAA HIPAA will levy fines for you know I think we we kind of outlined four tiers. They mm-hmm. will they will levy fines depending on how um, how poorly you acted as a as a caretaker of those records and you know did you follow you know HIPAA guidelines. You know people like Archon don't make their customers. HIPAA compliant what we can do is help them in meeting their own compliance by making sure these just general you know housekeeping standards are met Uh, we can probably go through those quickly um, but it looks like there's four tiers and they get pretty uh hefty pretty quickly
0: yeah it's actually pretty funny so like tier one um basically if you're getting a tier one HIPAA fine it is that you just probably didn't understand a part of HIPAA and uh that, you know, proper due diligence could have fixed it, but it's maybe something that you don't know about, maybe something you don't understand. And the breach was not too large and they give you a minimum hundred dollar fine, but it can be up to 50,000. So like a hundred dollar fine for a company is not that much. It can go up to 50,000, but I would imagine a lot of tier one stuff doesn't make it all the way up to 50,000. So
1: that's probably akin to like missing the, uh you know, the green M&M clause in the, in yeah. the waiver. And, you know, it's not, not, out of malice or just, just poor, poor processes or controls, uh, going into tier two, explain that a little bit.
0: Yeah. So then tier two, uh, it's just kind of like, there was a reasonable understanding that you should have known what you missed. So it was just kind of lack of like a complete lack of due diligence that like you, you should have you probably should have known this. It's just like kind of the next tier up that it wasn't something that you kind of just glossed over. It was more of like a bigger section that you should have been following, um, but you you didn't, and therefore got compromised, which comes with a minimum of a thousand dollar fine up to fifty thousand.
1: And then we kind of parlay into tier three and the willful neglect. Walk 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 through a scenario where that might be the case.
0: So yeah, so and that's kind of both tier three and tier four. It's all willful neglect where it is pretty obvious you should have been following this and you knew that you should have been following this and you still uh, did not follow it. But then um, the difference between tier three and tier four is how long it takes to remediate the situation after the vulnerability or the breach has been discovered. So with tier three, um, if you are breached and you remediate the situation within 30 days of it happening, then that's a minimum $10,000 fine. But then with tier four is you should have known about it. Um, you were you were negligent willfully. And then it took you more than 30 days uh, to remediate the compromise. So that's where things start getting really murky. And then you get a fifty thousand dollar fine there.
1: And then we go into to the fun zone tier four. So you're talking about literally complete neglect. Yeah. You, you not only are you are you either unaware of of a, of a loophole in your security posture but you don't even care to fix it, <laughs> yeah. so it's yeah. like it's like the drunk uncle clause. Almost like, okay, who keeps giving them the car keys? Like this is not <laughs> this is not good behavior, and there needs to be punitive uh, remedies to to stop it. And yeah. that's where you start getting into the minimum of what is it fifty thousand?
0: Yeah, cent? minimum of fifty thousand, and I think it's up to like one point five or two point five million. Right. So I mean, you can definitely run up. You can run up a lot of violations. It can cost your business money, but and even the impact of like these people getting breached to outside of, you know, HIPAA standards, just the, what it does to the reputation of your company, as well as how it affects like individual lives, it's just not a good situation. You definitely want to make sure you have proper, like proper security framework in place to make sure the breaches don't become a thing.
1: So let's talk about, okay, we now know the standards on a, on a basic level. Like uh, well, we could always get Chris Hanky in here and he could go to the, depths of Mordor mm-hmm. on all the controls and procedures and fines and how the cumulative uh, fines piggyback on each other. But let's just talk about, for keeping it light, let's talk about the basic things that people do not to be in any of the tiers. So what what can what can people do to help themselves, whether an MSP like Archon or just a IT director or manager of a team? If you have any of this information and you know that you could be potentially in a crosshairs of, uh, of a you know, a bad actor or Mm -hmm. an audit that's going to be checking a list. What are some of the things they can do to help this out?
0: Yeah. So it all comes down to just like, I'd say visibility from top to to bottom of your infrastructure. So like if you go over the four things that that HIPAA requires you to keep in mind, like if you go to that first one where it's just having proper baseline safeguards, that is, it's going to be like endpoint patching, making sure you have proper firewall rules in place. Um, servers and endpoints have antiviruses on it. Um, just making sure that you have the baseline security measures in place that should lead to to you not being breached. So like
1: passwords uh, being challenged with yes. uh, MFA to yeah. renewals to
0: password complexities.
1: Password yeah. Patching is huge too. So many people um, complain like, "Well, we can't we can't migrate up to a newer." They'll be running EOL, uh, Microsoft platforms just because they don't want to upgrade the the application that Mm -hmm. it sits on. And it's like, okay, great. But if you get crypto locked, how does that look? For sure. Well, we probably won't. Yeah, a great strategy. But yeah. a lot of stuff is just like low hanging fruit. Even misconfigurations. Are you passing uh, um, credentials through APIs? And, yeah. And you know those IPs in Azure, AWS, Google Cloud Platform. Those are pretty well known. So are you locking them down? Is your data encrypted in transit and rest? Those are all just simple things that people sometimes just forget to do.
0: Yep. So then, after, so then that kind of rolls into point two, where point two is then. When you have those things put in place, then from like an admin perspective, making sure that you're uh, maintaining the infrastructure or adding new configurations to the infrastructure with basically the minimal minimal like permissions needed to do that. You know, so if I'm in Office 365 or something, I could probably run a message trace on an email with very low permissions. I could also run it with global administrator permissions, but if... But there's a big difference between those two accounts if the account is compromised at any point yeah, and a
1: lot of that stuff is probably just you know second nature for you and the team because you're you're following these rules all day, but you know there's always something somebody you know misconfigures or forgets, and you know a lot of that stuff usually is due to human error. <laughs> unfortunately, um there's always cases of lost or stolen equipment, but or third party you know uh, permissions that are just never turned off when mm-hmm. the, when the job's done
0: exactly. Yeah, which is then kind of going over or stepping over step three, but going into four. the third party uh, controls, basically making sure that the people that you're working with and exchanging information with, that they also have these proper things in place. So you want to do, you know, you'll want to do your due diligence of the people you're sending information to or the way that you're going to send them the information. It's always good if that information is like encrypted um, and it's being sent in a secure way. So then going back to step three, which is basically who can view the information. And that's making sure that with all the sensitive information that these healthcare providers have, that the people that are viewing the information are only the people that need to see the information. Um, You don't want to willfully be giving out uh, access to this information if someone does not need access to it. Um, That can make things a bit murky um, and it can cause your business to be compromised or just make it more likely to be compromised.
1: Makes sense. So in taking those four fundamentals of HIPAA and how you can just safeguard your own environments, we're actually going to parlay this into the second episode that follows this where we actually apply use cases in the news and really just kind of where they dropped the ball on one or more of these, you know, simple guidelines that, you know, people following HIPAA compliance need to always keep into consideration. So looking forward to applying the use cases and from there, we will discuss further on how they could have been prevented and how you can just tighten up your own security postures.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we'll try to sneak into episode two before Daisy gets here. That way we can get the full month knocked out. <laughs> but we appreciate everyone listening. Um, that's going to be like the, the high level overview of the healthcare industry and the IT healthcare industry. Um, we, all, As always, we appreciate you guys listening and, and we hope you tune in towards the end of the month where we're going to be going more in depth about specific situations uh, where people were breached and basically what they could have done to prevent that. Thank you. See you then.